and welcome to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional, a podcast with me, Brittany Duncan, a millennial homemaker. Join me each week as I share all the things I've learned that make keeping your home, garden, and life running smoothly all while working. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so you get the episodes downloaded straight to you every Monday. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Untraditionally Traditional, a podcast with me, your host, Brittany Duncan, a millennial homemaker. I hope wherever you are that April showers have brought all the May flowers they have for us, and it is making my heart so happy. Love the start of a new month. For me, it's a turning page, new goals, new projects, and new seasonal foods. Here in Idaho, we've added to our seasonal produce list peas, radishes, and rhubarb, which are some of my favorites. We've also got local farms releasing spring meat shares. We have been enjoying an order recently picked up from Vista Farms, which is run by Valerie and Alex in Cuna, Idaho. And let me just give a shout out to them. I came across Valerie on Instagram and I have been watching her and Alex start and manage a first generation farm raising beef and pork and growing lavender. This is no joke, y'all. Following their journey has really shown me what kind of operation they have, and it's the kind that I craved, a farm that produced quality meat, that treats the animals more than fairly. Honestly, Valerie, if you're listening, I don't know how you do it because I can see how deeply you care for the animals, like family, Um, but for the consumer, it is the dream, knowing that what you're bringing into your home and putting on your table is raised with care. I had the opportunity to visit Vista Farms in person and get the tour from Valerie and I loved every single second of it. Talk about good vibes. Walking around the farm, I knew that these were my people and the kind of farm I wanted our home to partner with. And I invite you to think about your ingredients that way. Who are you partnering with? If you don't know the ins and outs of where your food came from, See if there's a local option where you can learn and see firsthand their practices. I promise that you will value and appreciate the meal more if you know the behind the scenes of where the ingredients came from. I'll put it out there too, a lot of times meat shares come in large quantities. For example, the beef share that we purchased was 30 pounds, which is more ground beef than Johnson and I could store at one time with everything else that we keep in the freezer. So we reached out to some friends of ours and ended up splitting the share three ways. If you're intimidated by the size of a meat share or CSA or CFA, reach out to friends and see if they want to go in on it with you. They'll probably love that you asked and, you know, they might not have come to that decision on their own. So it's a great way to introduce people to eating locally that otherwise may not have due to a simple quantity issue. So I mentioned that we couldn't fit 30 pounds of ground beef in our freezer because of everything else that is in there. So what do we keep in there? So much. If your freezer has some old frozen peas, quarter pint of freezer burned ice cream and some ice cube trays, This episode is for you. And if your freezer is full to the brim with, "Mm, you're not quite sure what, this episode is also for you. The freezer is an amazing tool for every kitchen if it is used properly. I first started improving my relationship with our freezer when Johnson was deer hunting and hog hunting and we had to store a lot more meat in our freezer all at one time. The process has evolved over the years, and today I'm happy to say that I think I have it pretty dialed in, 
but there are a few simple steps I think really maximize the efficiency and organization of your freezer. The first step is to categorize. Set specific zones in your freezer for certain kinds of items sized appropriately to fit your needs. If you are a vegetarian, you don't need zones for poultry and meat, but you may want to categorize your vegetables, a bin for root veggies, a bin for greens, and a bin for legumes. For us, since we do have a diet that includes eating meat, we have bins for chicken, beef, pork, tofu, and fish. Chicken is the meat that we eat most often, so it has the largest bin. Next up is beef, and then pork, tofu, and fish share a bin. However you create your zones, make sure they're easy to maintain. We forewent bins for a while, just stacking in piles, and that didn't last long. You know, after a while, they all tend to blend together. So we bought five plastic bins from the dollar store, and it's been really helpful for not only maintaining those visual zones, but also they're really easy to clean and limit messes in the freezer. We also have a bin for sauces since I make a lot of ours from scratch in batches and freeze them either into one cup cubes or two tablespoon cubes depending on the sauce. And uh, I'll link these cube trays that I use. I got them on Amazon. They're silicone and, and super easy to use, but we do have that bin for sauces so that once I freeze them, they have a place to live that they're not mixed in with our, our chicken or other items in the freezer. I also freeze items like adobo peppers. I don't know if I'm the only person this happens to, but whenever I need a chipotle pepper and adobo sauce, I need one, maybe two, and a can has like 15 in there. And yes, the can is only $1.50, but I hate wasting them. And then it occurred to me one day that I could freeze these peppers in press and seal wrap in two pepper packs and solve my problem. I keep all my little two pepper bundles in a Ziploc bag labeled adobo peppers, and I have rid myself of the guilt of letting them go bad or forcing my husband to eat adobo pepper-flavored meals for a week straight. We are both much happier. Next, I store a lot of meals and components in meals. While I love to cook, and I really do, I don't love to cook every single night. And at the risk of sounding high maintenance, I don't like eating the same meal back to back or even in the same week. Enter my friend, the freezer. There is so much that you can freeze and it's a rare dinner that isn't just as good, if not better, after being frozen and reheated. When I cook, I will usually double a recipe or if it's one that makes six portions, since it's just Johnson and I most of the time, we have four portions left over. That's two nights of dinner I don't have to cook in the future. Just pull out my container in the morning, let it thaw, and reheat. Plate with a nice green salad and some fresh herbs on top, and no one is the wiser. I also do this with components of the meal. When I cook brown rice or wild rice or farro, I cook several portions, and then I freeze the remainder in half-quart containers to be incorporated into future meals. When I make fresh pasta dough, I freeze the dough into two-person portion balls, and then when we have pasta night, I take the dough ball out in the morning, let it thaw, and I run it through my pasta roller like I would if I was making the dough from scratch right then. I make my sourdough into four small loaves instead of the two standard loaves that the recipe calls for so that we have more batches, and for the two of us, we can get through them before they go stale. You can also do this with desserts as well. If you're having people over for dinner, it's one less thing you have to prepare that day. 
creme brulee freezes really well in ramekins and you just have to take them out in the morning, top them with sugar, and torch them before serving. While all of these systems are great, you really need a way to keep track of what you have. We have bought a 17 inch by 11 inch magnetic dry erase board that we have on the side of our refrigerator and that tracks how many packs of chicken breasts we have on hand, how many flank steaks, how many salmon fillets, how many sourdough loaves, and so on. In addition to meat, it also lets me know how many portions of pot roast I have. I can look and see that I have a two-person portion of pot roast, and I'll keep reading and see that I have two portions of mashed potatoes in another container. Perfect. Pull those out and dinner is made. Just needs to be heated and plated with love. The dry erase board helps you to know what is in your freezer without having to dig and figure it out. You can simply look at a list and then if you have your freezer separated into zones like I recommend, you know generally where you should go look for that pot roast and for the potatoes and you can just pull them out. In addition to the dry erase board, I recommend always having a roll of basic masking tape and a Sharpie handy. I label every single container that goes into our freezer. My grandmother, Joan, used this method and it stuck with me. My husband's family calls containers that are frozen and unrecognizable craters of the moon because who really knows what it is? Do your future self a favor and label your container because I can tell you from personal experience that saucy taco meat and red meat sauce can look a lot alike and one is enjoyable over pasta and the other not so much. I'll wrap this episode up with our Make It From Scratch segment, which is really on theme this month. Stock, or broth, but really stock because it's made with bones. My method for making stock eliminates waste and relies heavily on the freezer. I keep a gallon Ziploc bag in our freezer, and into this bag goes vegetable scraps that complement broth or stock. Your onion ends, garlic ends, scallions, shallots, carrot peels, celery trimmings, herb stems... You get the idea. I keep a separate bag for bones. When you purchase or roast a chicken, save the bones in the different bag. And then when you have one to two birds worth, throw that bag and your vegetable scrap bag into a large pot. I use a seven and a quarter quart Dutch oven. Fill it with water until it's near the top, leaving room for some bubbling. Add any additional herbs you want, sometimes a a head of garlic chopped in half and a tablespoon of peppercorns and some bay leaves really elevate it, but bring it to a boil and then simmer for three to four hours. Strain, cool, and freeze into one cup portions. While I'm a big fan of the better than bouillon seasoning for ease, nothing beats homemade stock and your sodium count will thank you, and it's a great way to use things that otherwise you would just be throwing away. Thanks all for listening this week. I really hope each of you tackle your freezer with newfound energy and create systems that work for your family and provide ease to your cooking routines. Join me back here next Monday where I'll be sharing about our chicks. We don't pick them up until the end of the month, but we've been prepping for their arrival and I'll be sharing why we decided to get a backyard flock, what we've learned, and how we have prepared for their first couple weeks with us as baby one-day-old chicks. We are so excited and cannot wait. See you next Monday. Thank you for listening to this episode of Untraditionally Traditional. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with those special people who would love it too and write a review. For more tips and photos of my home and garden, follow Untraditionally Traditional Pod on Instagram. 
Until next week, let's continue to make our homes places of joy and service to ourselves and those we share them with.